We are so glad you joined us today on our podcast. We would love to continue to connect with you throughout the week. And to do that, you can check us out at substancechurch.com or on social media by searching at SubstanceMN or Substance Church. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. What is up, Substance? Make some noise wherever you are at. You made it to church. And could I have everyone here help us welcome everyone in downtown, West Side, Monterey, or wherever you're watching. We just love you guys so much. Really, I, I'm standing here with my leading lady, Carolyn Haas. And, uh, you know, really, when we planted this church 18 years ago, we just wanted, we just wanted the Bible to, to make sense to every single day life and, and we, want, we want you to be fired up with God's spirit. Come on. Life is too short to just be, you know, overly chill. You know what I'm saying? Because God's got joy for you. He's got peace for you. And I don't know where you're at today, uh, but today we're going to get you fired up with God's word. Why? Because one of my favorite preachers is in the house. And I know some of you are like, it's Carolyn Haas. She's standing right next to you. And yes, that's true. Uh, most, most of my best messages... I I've ripped off from her. Can I just confess that? She, she's a Bible bandit, but no, I, I'm not talking about Carolyn. Really, a, a few years ago, I got to meet uh, a woman by the name of Charlotte Gamble. She and her husband, some of you are already like, what, what? Did you, is that for real? Okay, uh, a few years ago, yeah, I got to meet Charlotte Gamble and her husband, Steve. Steve and I have really hit it off because we're both mentored by the same pastor, uh, Pastor Chris Hodges, and of course, they pastor an incredible church in Bradford, England, okay? And uh, just, uh, and of course, many of you guys know, I, we, we get over to England and Ireland a lot, and of course, you know, for years, we would hear about this incredible church. And, uh, and once I got to hear Pastor Charlotte preach it and bring the word, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I know, you guys know I'm a big fan of my feisty preacher wife. But I, like, when I heard Charlotte, I, she literally almost instantly became one of my favorite preachers. And I don't know if I've ever heard a bad uh, message from her, to be honest. And, and guess who is in the house today? But the Charlotte Gamp, Charlotte, could you come on up here real quick? Could you come on up here? I like it, for real, for real. I, I'm not exaggerating when I say you're one of my favorite preachers. And we used to have like this old CD of yours. Remember back in the olden days when we had CDs? And uh, some of you were like, you're like, that's the current day. Yeah, I know, right? So, but I, no, we had this one CD of yours that would just like, it was like in our car permanently. And it would just like, every time we turned on our car, it would play. And, you know, like for real, like you've been such an encouragement to my wife and I. And I'm just like a role model, not just for my girls, you know, because I, and I just, I, I keep, I, I, it just, it so blesses me. We were literally with Charlotte last night, and she was just speaking truth into my soul. You know how it is when, when God's word is alive in someone, it makes you come alive. And, and I, I just, I get that sense even today. Uh, we, we've got, of course, Charlotte, you've written several 
books, right? Just to fire us up, just to fire us up. And I, I like, I, you, you're actually going to be, we've, we've got these in the foyer, but I, I just like, I, I love it because I just want to get more of the spirit that is in you. And there's a reason why we brought you in is because we want your spirit that God has placed on you to be imparted into us. And I already know what's about to come. So I'm like, I'm already doing my happy dance, but like for real, like Carolyn, preach God's word, it sparks something in me. It awakens something yes. in me. And, and I've, I've shared the story before, but one time I heard Charlotte preach, and she was preaching on a Bible text I'd read 20 million times, and she's had a fresh insight. And instead of being annoyed that she had a fresh insight, I got feisty with God. And I said, if you can speak to Charlotte when she's reading that passage, then you are going to speak to me. And I just got feisty, and, I, and I'm saying that because She's got a word from God, and yeah. it's going to awaken you, and it's going to stir something up in you, but you are going to need to get feisty with God, because God doesn't love Charlotte or me or Peter more than he loves you, and That's he right. can speak to That's you right. when you open up your word, but you have to get feisty with him and say, speak to me. I want to see the insights. I want to hear your voice, yes. and so, but you've done that for me. Every time I'm around you, yeah. you it's just, you, I want to know Jesus more. I want to know the Bible more. Yeah. I want to know Jesus more. I want to pray more. I, I left dinner last night going, I need to pray more. I need to go on walks. I don't have a dog. You walk your dog and pray. I'm like, I'm not going to get a dog, but I'm like, I need to walk more and pray because God speaks to Charlotte when she walks and prays and I'm not walking and praying enough. And so like, I can't tell you what an inspiration you spoke so much life into us last night and, and your, your life speaks into us. So substance, would you please stand to your feet and give a warm substance welcome all campuses to Charlotte Gamble. Thank you. Thank you. What do you say after that? I'm going to have you stay on your feet, so stand back up. I know. Bossy English girl is in the house. I know. I know. Um, first of all, that is really too kind, but I receive that as seed, as encouragement to my soul. I have already received way more than I feel I've given today just by being here in this house and being around you as a family. And I'm having you stand on your feet. Just, just. We're gonna pray in a moment before I open the word, but just kind of just right at the beginning, I kind of just need to, to make sure that you get why I'm here. I'm, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm really, honestly, I'm not even here to bless you. I'm sorry if that is a real disappointment. Because some of you are over-blessed and under-exercised. And you don't need another nice word. You need a now word. Some of you, your life's stuck. But if you were honest, you'd be like, yep, I'm kind of stuck. And so all I know is when something's stuck, there's no good speaking softly to it. You have to grab a hold of it and yank it out of where it's stuck. I kind of feel like God sent me to substance today because your name says that you have substance. So I hope you live up to your name. And I didn't come to bless you, I came to build you. I'm a builder. Like if you were to check spiritually my fingernails, they have dirt underneath them all because I've been building the church for all my life. I've been in the same church all my life. I have been building the church for over 28 years. I've been preaching since I was 21 and I'm 49. So I've been around the things of God a long time and stayed consistent. And a lot of people left and I stayed. A lot of people quit and I didn't. 
And that doesn't happen just because there's some kind of magic dust on my life. It happened because I made a decision. Some of you today is a decision-making day. Like in each campus, it's just a decision-making day. I can't put it any, any nicer for you or wrap it or put a bow on it. Like God's gonna demand a decision from you today. And that's why I'm having you stand up because I just think sometimes we sit down and we're like, oh, okay, this is the word part, entertain me. And so I just need to stand up to go, okay, God, I'm here. And I'm not here by accident, I'm here on purpose. And actually, I don't wanna walk out those doors the way I walked in. I wanna walk out better. I wanna walk out looking more like you and less like me. I wanna walk out knowing that God, there is work for me to do and you're gonna help me in that work. So God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you humbled yourself so that you could come and help the least of us. And God, we thank you that as we stand in your presence, you do not see the fake us, you see the real us. But today your word is not something that is out of reach. It is so tangible and so real. And so God, I pray today that every single person will listen with ears that are leaning in, with a heart that is attentive, with, with a willingness to let you change what needs changing. God, some of the people today, they desperately need a change and they're looking in all the wrong places. And today, God, I pray that you would make their eyes be open to the change that is right within their grasp. God, I pray today over this house that this would be a building word. And I pray, God, that I would get out of the way so that you can have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may take your seats. I have the privilege and the entrustment that I get to travel and speak to churches around the globe. And I don't see that as something that's just woohoo, yay for me. I see that as an entrustment of God that where I go, I'm supposed to be an observer and then I'm supposed to be a student and then I'm supposed to go to God and find out what it is that God would want to say to His church. And over the last few years of doing that in a season that has been very testing and very trying for the church. We've been through a pandemic. We've been through rioting. We've been through unrest. We've been through political breakdowns and breakups. We've been through division in our culture and in our world. And sadly, we've been through division in our church. And so as I've traveled and I have observed what has been going on in the church, I have become aware that many of us have been left a little shocked at what has happened as a consequence of everything that's happening in the culture around us. There are people that are not here today that you would have said absolutely would have been here, but for whatever reason over the last few years, they made a different decision. They, they, they stepped out instead of stepping in. They, they flaked out instead of foundations going down and and some of you are here and you're like, why are they not here? And why did this happen? And why did that person end up in the place that they ended up? It has been shocking and it has been revealing. And at the same time, it has been teaching to my soul and my spirit. And so today I wanna help you as a church to understand some of the lessons that we must learn from the seasons that we have just journeyed through because God does not want any of you losing your substance. He doesn't want any of you losing the very thing that 
that he put his son on a cross to die for, for you to inherit. He wants you fully alive and fully awakened to the destiny on the inside of you that the enemy is trying to steal and rob from you. And the best thing I can kind of describe my message today by painting you a picture with is by letting you into one of my epic parenting fails. Any parents in the room that have made some epic parenting fails? Yes, okay. Well, this was one of my very early stage parenting fails when my children were very young and they were at that age where Christmas was coming and I suddenly realized, wow, this Christmas, they're gonna realize it's not actually the box that's the gift. You know what I'm saying? Like you spent all that money the Christmas before and then they played with the cardboard instead of the actual gift. And I realized this year they're gonna get it. They actually realized there's a toy in there that they actually are gonna want to play with. And so me and my husband had been online and we'd ordered everything that Fisher-Price was advertising. I mean, we had the whole thing. We had the keyboard with the microphone. We had the house with the lights and the doorbell. Like we had the whole thing going on. And so on Christmas morning when our kids came down, we couldn't wait to see their excitement as they got these gifts that we were giving to them. And as they opened the gifts and began to interact with the gifts, we realized our epic parenting fail. Because though we had bought these toys from the manufacturer and Fisher-Price, we had failed to read the small print on the box that these items were in. And the small print just said three little words, but those three little words changed everything. Because those three little words were batteries not included. So when my child went to play the keyboard, there was no noise. When they went to push the doorbell, there was no sound. Then they went to put the light switch on, no lights were coming on. And on that morning, we realized we had bought something that was functional, but until we did our part, it was not powerful. And I'm here to let you know what has happened over these last few years is a lot of people have realized they were plugged into the wrong power source that they actually were borrowing their energy from other people's faith. They were borrowing their commitment from someone else's commitment. They were borrowing their perseverance from someone else's perseverance. And all of a sudden, the lights went out and they realized, wow, batteries are not included. And I feel like over the pandemic and over this season, it was like everybody that had an extension lead into somebody or something, it suddenly got ripped out. Like we didn't even meet like we used to. We were masked for some of us for weeks, for us in England for 18 months. We, we were pulled away from some of the things that were routine to us. And when the routine didn't hold us anymore, once the masks was lifted and life went back to normal, we didn't step back into our commitments. And so I began to go to my Bible because we know that God is powerful. We know that there's nothing lacking on God's end. But so often we rely on God to do our part. But God's like, this is a partnership. God does not want a robot. If you wanted a robot, he wouldn't give you a will. If you wanted a robot, he wouldn't give you the ability to make choice. God doesn't want a robot. He wants a relationship with you. And that means that he puts his part in, but you have to put your part in too. Hello, Christianity is not a spectator sport. Everybody is required on the field. Everybody has a part to play. You have to bring your own batteries. And so I read scriptures that are in my Bible and guess what, they're in your Bible too. 
Scriptures like 2 Peter 1 verse 5 that says, For this very reason, make every effort. How much effort? (laughs) You just helped me illustrate a point just so beautifully, just right there. I just asked you all, what was the word I just read? I would say maybe a quarter of the room added their own batteries. Let's try that again. (laughs) He said, for this very reason, make... See the difference? See the difference right there? That's what the enemy doesn't want in the church. He wants a quarter of the room to bring their batteries. He does not want you all to bring your batteries because when you all bring your batteries, suddenly the temperature in the room goes higher, the volume goes higher, the agreement goes higher, and where two or three are gathered and agree, their miracles and signs and wonders follow. So he doesn't want you to say every. You know what goes through our mind in moments like that? I'm just going to linger here for a moment because this is a second service, so I can. And I'm just going to linger for a moment. You know what happens in moments like that? We just think to ourselves, someone else will say it. Someone else will say every. She didn't need me to say it. I'm having my latte. I'm just chilling. I don't, I, I don't need to say every. Someone else will say it. But when you start applying that to all the other areas of your life, someone else will give. Someone else will join a small group. Someone else will say amen. Someone else will pray. All of a sudden, you see what the enemy does? Now we went from powerful to just functional. Make every effort to add to your faith. So this is about you and God. To add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control. And to self-control, you better add some perseverance. And to perseverance, you better add some godliness. And to godliness, some mutual affection. And to mutual affection, you better add some love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. If you are feeling ineffective or unproductive, I'm just asking. When was the last time you add? When was the last time you added to your faith? When you added to your faith perseverance? Or you added to your faith godliness? Or you added to your faith self-control? We are called to add to the life that Christ has given us for it to become fully alive and fully powerful. If your energy is borrowed, your consistency is compromised. I have been in church all my life, not because it's been perfect, hello. Not because they sang all the songs that I personally prefer. Not because every message preached was a slam dunk. There were some pretty bad ones preached. I'm pretty sure I was probably preaching them. I didn't stay in church and stay consistent because of all the people around me's commitment. I stayed consistent because of my commitment, because I was adding my own batteries. And so today I want to bring this alive for you because if your worship's weak, you need to add your own batteries. If your generosity fades when no one asks for it, you need to add your own batteries. If you don't honour unless you're told to honour, you need to add your own batteries. If you have no self-control unless someone's checking up on you. Hello. You need to add your own batteries. It's time for us to wake up. And so there's a story in the Bible that is an unusual story. I love unusual stories because most preachers don't preach from unusual stories. But that means that there's something in here God wants to say to you. And it's a parable that is told of 10 virgins. 
And it's this parable of these 10 virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom to come back. You know the bridegroom's coming, right? You know that we, the church, are like these people waiting, waiting for the bridegroom to come back. And, and so there's an instruction given to wait for the one that is returning, but to be ready. And so it says in Matthew 25, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like the 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and they fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and they trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones said to the wise, give us your oil because our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, you gotta go get your own. If this was written as a modern day parable, maybe it would say, hey, there was a church called Substance. And God said to them, hey, I am coming back. So you better all get ready. I need you to get ready and I need you to build. I need you to reach and I need you to disciple. I need you to help those that are helpless. I need you to tell those that don't know. I need the lost to come home, get ready. And you were like, okay. And everybody starts to get ready and you go and get your modern day equivalent of your, of your lamp. Let's call it that you went and got your flashlight. And by the way, these are not flashlights. These are torches. That's the English word. I speak English. You speak a version of my language. I married an American, so I'm bilingual. I understand you all, so we're all good. But these are actual torches, but we'll go with flashlights for your purposes, okay? So it's like saying, and so they all went and grabbed their flashlight, right? Like, okay, yeah, God, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in the church. Yeah, I'm committed, I'm in. But it says, the bridegroom took a lot longer than they thought. Like, like things didn't happen as quickly as they had anticipated. Like the miracle didn't come when I thought the miracle would come. Like the breakthrough didn't happen when I wanted the breakthrough to happen. Like it didn't go according to my plan. And then it says at midnight, which we need to make sure we note, because whether you have your batteries or not, is not tested in daylight, it's tested in midnight. Whether you have your own walk with God or not is not tested in the room today, it's tested when you leave the room today. Whether you actually have perseverance is not tested in the good times, it's tested in the midnight times. Whether you have self-control or not is not tested when everybody can see you, it's tested when no one can see you. So at midnight, the cry goes out, He's coming, and so they go and grab their flashlights and it says five of them grab them and they really need to be able to see because now they really need to be ready and when they go for their flashlight, nothing is happening. It's like over this pandemic, when things didn't go the way we thought they would go or situations turned out a different way than we thought they would turn out and people that said they were faithful and people that said that they loved Jesus, they went for their flashlight and wow, I, nothing's happening. 
And all of a sudden they realized, man, I, I brought my flashlight. I said amen in a service, but I forgot to add my own batteries. And then it says five that were wise in the midnight moment. They were like, I got this. I'm being tested, but I'm not going to fail. I feel pressed, but I'm going to persevere. I feel hopeless, but I'm stand on the rock that gives me my hope. I feel my marriage is falling apart, but I'm going to cling on to the words of Jesus. I feel like I'm lost in this moment, but I'm going to get found in His Word. They had batteries and in the midnight moments, suddenly their lights all came on. And then it seems like it's cruel what happens next. Because the five without batteries turn to the five with batteries and they're like, hey, can we borrow your batteries? Because we didn't bring ours. And these five wise turn around to the five foolish and say, no, you can't. Not this time. You gotta go get your own. And can I say to you, because you just have to decide that we're friends because otherwise you're gonna be upset by me and I'm leaving on a plane anyway, so I'm just gonna say it anyway. Like some of you, you just need to hear the word no. It's not gonna be me that shows up for you anymore. It's not gonna be me that stands in the gap for you anymore. I can't anymore lend my faith to your faith. You've gotta start bringing your own batteries. I can't call you 55 times to make sure that you're still hanging on with Jesus. I need you to actually get a hold of Jesus for yourself because there comes a moment where you realize no is actually the best help you can say to someone. I need you to actually start getting your own batteries, get your own prayer life, open your own Bible, Join a small group, put yourself in. I cannot be that for you anymore. This life that Christ invites us into, this life that is overflowing with abundance, this life that changes everything about our life, it's, it's an invitation to a party. And the first thing this invitation says is, you need to bring your own batteries. In England, because we are not sanctified and saved like you Americans. Sometimes you'll get an invite to a party and on the invite it'll say B-Y-O-B. And I know if you were to have an invitation with that on in this place, I know that would mean bring your own Bible. But in England that is not what that means. But the invitation is saying to you, hey, I'm setting the table. Hey, I'm hosting the party. But hey, don't show up empty-handed. I actually want you to bring something with you, though I've taken care of this much. I want you to bring something with you. There's nothing like bringing your own batteries to Jesus. It's nothing like bringing your own prayer, bringing your own faith, bringing your own hope, bringing your own expectation. There's something that happens when you bring your own to Jesus. Some of you, I wanna say, are you not tired of watching Jesus do miracles in everyone else's life? Are you not tired of yay for you? Don't you wanna be the one that has the testimony? Well, if you do, you have to bring something to Jesus. Remember the boy with the lunch? Remember how there was a crowd of thousands there's a crowd of thousands. There's in that crowd guaranteed the Ronald McDonald of the day. He would have been able to sort stuff out, source food, take care of it, but he never brought anything to Jesus. Didn't volunteer, didn't say, hey, I can help. Didn't say, hey, let me write a check and take care of this because I could. But he took one small boy who's just like, is no one gonna do anything? 
And Jesus was waiting for somebody to bring him something. Jesus could have said a word and it would have been taken care of. But he was looking that day for who's gonna bring me something because I want you to understand when you put your thing in my hands, everything changes and he wants you to have the same experience. He wants you to lay your hands on the sick and the sick become well. He wants you to use your mouth to help someone find salvation. He wants to use your hands to write a check to bless someone else in need. He wants to use what you bring to him. Where are you bringing your own? Or where are you borrowing from everybody else? Your faith comes alive when you bring your own batteries. Second thing you need to know to do is you gotta charge your batteries. <laughs> I have a car, it's a good car. It's a fairly new car. And it's on the driveway of my home and after owning it for a little while, I constantly had a problem with it, which was every time I went to get in my car, the car would have a flat battery. And so I, after calling several different people out to come and jumpstart the car, I, I had to call and find out why this was happening. And they said, oh, well, what you need to understand is this car's battery, it's built so that it, is, it has to be used. Like, like you can't just let, and because I travel and I'm away, my car will sit for sometimes weeks, if not months, on the driveway of my home and no one is driving it. And so I was complaining about the battery, but the manufacturer was letting me know, no, unless you use the battery, the battery is gonna go flat. You have to actually take the car somewhere. It is designed to go somewhere. It's not designed to sit on the driveway of your life. And I wanna say to you spiritually, your faith is designed to go somewhere. That's why your faith is flat, because it's never gone anywhere. When was the last time you shared the gospel? When was the last time you brought Jesus to someone in need? When was the last time you stepped out in faith? That's when the car on the driveway gets to go and do what it was created to do and all of a sudden you come alive. Gotta charge your own battery. I feel sorry for the worship team. You know what I call them? The workout team. Because really, that's really what most Sundays they have to do. They're back there, they've already prayed up, they're rehearsed. They've been before God about leading you in worship. They're like ready, they come out here and there's half an auditorium full because everyone's still getting a latte. They're in here and they're like, okay, here we go. Let's start the workout. Nobody really wants to exercise today. Everybody's getting their latte. No one wants their lycra, but let's get them in here. And so they pick a song and they're like, okay, let's start with a beat that gets a little bit of movement in the house. Okay, let's go, let's try, get a little bit of movement. Start with a fast song. Let's try and get some energy in the room. Let's try and wake them up from their sleepiness. Like, like okay, okay, we're doing good. Okay, let's go for a jumping jack for Jesus. Yes, I see half a hand on the third row. Woohoo, we're getting somewhere. Like, 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 like the pain for the worship team of trying to get your arm up because your arm's not been up all week because your voice has not been declaring His greatness all week. So they're having to work you out. And the Bible says, hello, it's in your Bible too. I will enter 
his gates with thanksgiving. I will bring my own batteries of praise into the house of the Lord. I do not need a band to warm me up. I am already fully warmed up. I came this morning ready to praise him. I came this morning filled with gratitude. I came this morning not for you to tell me to worship. I don't need telling. I am coming to let God know I am so grateful. I am so thankful. Where would I be without you? You deserve all the glory. You deserve all the worship. You deserve my best and my best song. I'm telling you, we got to change the way that we worship. It's not a performance for you to be in a concert at. The worship in this church is not going to be as good as the worship team. It's going to be as good as the revelation in your life and in my life about what worship is. When we come into the house with an attitude of, I am bringing my best worship. When you come to the house and you're like, I'm going to go to church today. And I'm not going to church for me. I'm going to church because there's someone that needs me. I'm bringing my own batteries to church. I'm going to pray for someone in the parking lot. I'm going to believe God for a word over someone in the foyer. I'm going to go and take someone out for lunch. I'm going to go and actually speak encouragement over another person instead of rolling into church. (sighs) Better be good today because I have had a really flat week. Like My battery is so low. I'm just going to go to church and they better charge me up. Coming to church, you're like, whew, pastor better have a word. You're like, okay, okay, pastor. I'm pretty much flatlined. Get those paddles out. Like, charge me up in the name of Jesus. And so he comes and he's like preaching and you're like, like charge. Like suddenly your heart's back to life. You're like, yes. Okay, that's amazing. Thank you. I'll be back next week for the same thing. Charge holds Monday. Woohoo! Tuesday. Woohoo! Wednesday. Not so woohoo. Drag yourself back here on Sunday. Man, my marriage is flat. Man, the kids, it's flat. Man, my finances are flat. Man, my faith is flat. Pastor, hit me again. That is not your pastor's responsibility. Like the word in him should awaken what's already awoken in you. That the word in you already is leaping at the word in him. That there's a meeting together around the scripture because all week his words have been in your mouth and now you just come to speak out an amen and a hallelujah. As the word is opened, we cannot treat the church like our charging station. I'm going to say something that you're not going to like, but I'm leaving. Love y'all, but it's the truth that sets us free. Some of you are more committed to your iPhone charge than you are your spiritual. Like, like, like you know how much battery is left on that phone. Like, like heaven forbid it got to red. You have a charger in your car. You have a charger in your purse. You have a charger in your kitchen. You have a charger in your bedroom. You have an extra charger next to the charger in case that charger doesn't work. Because you don't want to be out of power. Because, you know, heaven forbid you, you lose the, the ability to track the gossip on Instagram or listen to the craziness in the comments section. I mean, you just need to be in the know. And so you're not going to let your battery go low because, of course, you you're going to take responsibility to charge up that device. But if I was to check your car, if I was to check your home, if I was to check your bedside table for your spiritual charges, would I find them? 
Would I find on your bedside table a spiritual charger? Would I find in your kitchen a spiritual charger? Would I find in your group chat spiritual charging words? Would I find on your playlist of what you listen to spiritual charging songs? Like, what are you listening to? Don't blame everybody around you for a flat battery when you know exactly how to charge a battery up. You know how to do it with your iPhone, so you know how to do it spiritually. That's why David said, uh, excuse me, soul. Why are you downcast? Why are you flat? You will praise the Lord. You will change your tune. You will flip to a different track. You will meditate on something different. He's speaking to his own soul. Some of you in here, I want to speak to some of you men in here. So you men in here, you need to take control of your soul. Stop allowing your moodiness to cause the rest of people in your house to feel this heaviness. Maybe you need to just get away for a moment and just go, hey soul, this is, this is it, we're breaking up. We're not gonna be downcast anymore. You will praise the Lord. You will declare who God is. And I'm telling you the atmosphere in your marriage will change. Your job will change. Your family will change. Not because anyone else did anything, but you charged your batteries. You found a word to speak into your household that was not from your downcast place, but it was from the place of beholding who He is. The amazing thing is, if you wanna charge a battery, you know what you need? You need the negative to charge the positive. So anyone that's got negative right now, you have all you need. You literally have all you need to begin to charge up your battery. That's why the Bible says that He takes our ashes and He gives us instead His beauty. He takes our despair and He gives us instead His garments of praise. He's like, give me a negative. I know exactly how to help you charge the negative into a positive. And finally, we need to bring our own batteries. We need to charge our batteries. But finally, some of you, you need to hear this. It's time to change your batteries. This battery will power certain things. This battery will power larger things. And if I was to put a car battery on the platform, that has an ability to charge something even greater than either of these two put together. Not all batteries are the same size. Some of you need to change your batteries. Like you've been doing life serving God at this level for so long. You come once a month. You attend the church, but you never served at the church. You receive, but you never give. You come when you're in need, but when you're in a good time, you don't show up. It's time to change your battery. This battery only gets you so far. This battery gets you to a whole nother level. And that's why the Bible says, when I was a child, I used to talk like a child. I used to act like a child. I used to reason a child. But there came a day when I had to put my childish ways behind me and it was time to change and start acting in accordance with what actually God has assigned me to do. You know what I feel like spiritually? I feel like this is going on in some of your worlds spiritually. Beep. Beep. You know what that sound is? You ever been in your house? You're like, beep. What is that? So annoying. Beep. 
somebody needs to turn something off somewhere, beep, just won't stop. It's a battery in your smoke alarm. It's letting you know you don't change me. Don't blame me when your house burns down. Some of you are, you'd rather wait for a fire than change your battery. I'll deal with it if it burns down. No, deal with it now. Change your battery now. Don't wait till your marriage is burning down. Deal with it now. Change your battery now. Don't wait till your faith's burning down. Deal with it now. Change your battery now. It is time. For some of you, it's time to change your battery in your thinking. It's time to change your battery in your confession. It's time to change your battery in your commitment. The name of this church is Substance. Substance. Substance speaks of a church that have discovered, man, I have to do my part. Man, I have to dig down deep. Man, I have to commit. Man, I have to show up. There has to be substance to my life. So when the wind comes and the rain comes, I am not knocked down. Why? Because I'm not borrowing power from anyone else. I've discovered that greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I have discovered how to tap into my faith and add to it perseverance and add to it all these things that the Bible instructs us to add. So I don't know where this finds you today. For some of you, you need to leave this room today and go sign up for a small group. It's as simple as that. Oh, I feel so lonely in this church. Well, what were you doing about it? You come late, you leave early. How are you supposed to meet people? Change your battery, sign up, throw yourself in. What's the worst that can happen? You don't like it, at least you tried. But you can't complain until you try. Well, you know, I just feel like, you know, nobody appreciates me. Start waiting to appreciate it and instead start doing something. Start serving. Start blessing. Well, I wish someone to bless me. Start blessing someone else and maybe you'll find that you are blessed. I'm a local church girl. I think you probably got that by now. And I'm saying this because I love the church. I love you guys enough to not say what you wanna hear, but to say what you need to hear. We all need a reminder sometimes in our journey to say, hey, I need to do a little check on the inside. I need to ask, where's my battery flat? I need to ask, am I even bringing my own battery? I need to ask, where do I need to change my battery? So today I want us all to stand to our feet as we bring service to a close. And I just want you to take a minute on every campus, just right where you are, just close your eyes. God is here and He loves you. He's done everything He possibly can for you. But He wired this whole relationship up with Him that it requires something from you. He gave His only Son, but it requires from you asking Him to come in your life. He gives you all He has, but it requires you abiding in all He is. He gives you His words, but it requires you to be a student of His words. He gives you His peace, but it requires you to hand over your panic. He gives you community, but it requires you to put yourself in that community. God has done His part. Now you have to do yours. So I don't know where this finds you. For some of you, you have a flat battery and it's time to take care of it yourself. For others of you, 
It's time to change your battery. You're stuck. There's something you need to do to adjust for this next season. God, I pray over this house right now. I pray over every person that calls substance home. God, I pray this church would step into a new chapter where the very name that you gave them, God, becomes who they are known to be. Leaders, servants of substance. Substance in your word and substance in your truth. Substance in their vow and substance in their commitment. God, I pray today for people to decide afresh that God, I am gonna charge up my soul I'm gonna charge up my faith. I'm gonna stop sitting back and I'm gonna start standing up. I'm gonna stop complaining and I'm gonna start contributing. God, I pray there will be a shift in hearts and minds today. I pray there'll be a sea of amen in people today. They would see them responding and joining and doing whatever it is, God, that they know that you're asking them to do. God, I pray for movement today as a result of your word that moves us. Give wisdom to this leadership, God. Speak to them, God. Still all the noise around them, God. And give them the Word, God. The changing of batteries Word, God. What that looks like, what that sounds like, what that is to be in this next season. God, let them hear the beep, beep in the Spirit. It's time to change. The beep, beep in the Spirit. It's time to adjust. The beep, beep in the Spirit. Time to make some decisions. The beep, beep in the Spirit. Time to do some things in a different way. God, I pray their ears will be attuned, not to the screaming alarms, but the beep, beep before the alarm. And as I close out one more thing, as eyes are closed, I'm just gonna ask simply maybe today for you, this message. It really is a challenge to you and where you're at with God. You're like, man, I, I hear you today and I hear God today. And I think for me, the decision is, man, I, I have been backslidden. I have, my battery's flat because I have wandered away from God. I'm here, but I'm really not here. And maybe you would say, man, I, I'm in church today, but I don't know God in the way that you're talking about God. I've been around religion, but it's not real to me. I don't know where you are today, but today is your decision day of saying, I need God in my life. I want those batteries to be included. I wanna add to my life that faith, that belief. Maybe today is your day of decision to come back to Him or to say, I'm giving my life to Him. And all across the campuses in this moment, as the church are praying, if that is you, just li literally just lift your hand, say, me today, I need to come back to God. I need to get my heart right with God. I, there's just some things about my journey right now that I just know I need to make a decision. Thank you for your honesty in this moment. As the church are praying, thank you for your willingness to respond in this moment. God sees you in this moment. This is not your family's decision. This is not your friend's decision. This is your decision. And if you really mean it with all your heart, everything can change. The thing you're struggling with can be broken. The things that you're battling with, they can drop off your life in this decision. There is freedom for you today. So I'm gonna ask right now, those that just raise their hand, put your hand on your heart and everyone in the room, I'm gonna ask you all to say these words after me with these people. So say these words. Dear God, today I choose to lay my life down and receive your life. 
today I ask for your forgiveness. And God, I thank you that you paid it all for me. And now I choose to give my all to you. Today is a new day. Today is a homecoming day. In your name, thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you would like to contribute to Substance financially, you can do so by visiting substancechurch.com giving and then select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check in next week for a new message.